If you want a sign that humanity's still got it going on. The people are revolting. Welcome to People Are Revolting, a daily dose of disobedience. Four stories today in this revolting roundup. First up, a piece written by Logan Riegstad and Kyle Jones, published at channel3000.com. Protesters gathered in front of Madison schools Friday to rally for higher wages and more support for the teachers inside. Organizers for the rally to defend our schools said the Madison Metropolitan School District is failing its students and its staff. Protesters demanded higher pay for substitute teachers and support staff and cost of living adjustments for full-time teachers. East High School English teacher Jeff Kunkel said students have been suffering because the district has been losing staff. Quote, We've been understaffed. We have people covering positions they're not supposed to cover and people that aren't able to do their job because they're running study halls. And so we need to, as a district, support our staff so they can support our students, he said. The demonstrations came days after members of the union representing the district's teachers rallied outside administrative offices ahead of a school board meeting. In a statement on Monday, the district said it agrees staff members deserve more, but pointed much of the blame at state lawmakers. Next up is a piece published at gandhara.rferl.org. A group of women have staged a protest in Kabul against the continued closure of schools for girls above the sixth grade, as a senior UN official has warned the Taliban's restrictions on women's rights are aimed at making women, quote, invisible. Girls have been banned from school beyond the sixth grade in most of Afghanistan since the Taliban's return to power in August 2021. In March, the Taliban ordered girls' high schools closed the morning they were scheduled to open. The May 26 protests saw about 20 women and girls marched to the gate of Kabul's Maryam High School while calling on the Taliban to reopen schools. Quote, you took my bread and work. I can't study, they shouted. Some witnesses said about 10 minutes into the protest, Taliban militants came and dispersed the women, firing shots into the air. One of the protesters told RFERL that three women were temporarily detained and then released after the Taliban verified their mobile phones. Azir Ahmad Takur, a spokesman for the Taliban Interior Ministry, denied that the protests had been dispersed. Quote, this absolutely is propaganda. We have not stopped anyone from protesting today, he said. Since taking power in the wake of the withdrawal of international troops from the war-torn country, the Taliban has pledged to rule differently than during its brutal regime of the 1990s that saw women confined to their homes, most entertainment banned, and punishments including stoning and public executions. But its promises are being treated with skepticism by many Afghans and governments around the world, including Central Asia, especially since women have been forced from some government jobs and barred from traveling alone. This month, Afghanistan's supreme leader and Taliban chief, Hibatullah Akunzada, ordered women to cover up fully in public, including their faces. 
The restrictions show a, quote, pattern of absolute gender segregation and are aimed at making women invisible in the society. Richard Bennett, UN Special Rapporteur on Human Rights in Afghanistan, told reporters during a visit to Kabul on May 26, quote, The de facto authorities have failed to acknowledge the magnitude and gravity of the abuses being committed, many of them in their name, Bennett said. Next is a piece published at straight.com. This is written by Charlie Smith. Save Old Growth often practices peaceful civil disobedience in its campaigns to stop the logging of ancient forests. Today, it unveiled a new tactic, dumping manure at the constituency office of a politician. This time, the target was Premier John Horgan for failing to enact legislation to achieve Save Old Growth's target, despite promising to implement all recommendations from an Old Growth Strategic Review panel. Quote, The NDP Horgan government doesn't seem to give a shit about following through on their promises to protect old growth, so we gave him some, spokesperson Sophia Papp said in a news release. Another activist, Alexi Hu, criticized the premier for, quote, continuing the same outdated crappy policies and practices we've had for decades. In the news release, Save Old Growth stated that it expects arrests in the wake of its latest action. Last year, the B.C. Cabinet deferred old growth logging in the Ferry Creek and Walbrand areas on Vancouver Island in response to a demand by three Indigenous groups for greater stewardship. Former Vancouver City Councillor Tim Lewis pointed out in an April column on Straight.com that there are approximately 11.1 million hectares of old growth forests in B.C. Of those areas, about 6.1 million hectares are either protected or under a temporary halt to logging. Quote, the balance of BC's old growth forest remains unprotected and continues to be logged, Lewis noted. And finally for this episode, a piece written by Molly Bolin. This is published at sentinelsource.com. As a turbulent year at Keene High School draws to a close, students continue to push for a change in school culture. On Monday, 47 students participated in a silent sit-in in the school's main hallway during the first two periods to protest an action against reports of bullying and sexual harassment, according to one participant who addressed the Keene Board of Education on Tuesday. At the board's regularly scheduled meeting that night, the student called for creating a Student Victim Bill of Rights and Policies for those who have experienced bullying and establishing a teacher position to be elected by students to advocate for victims. Quote, the school is a safer place for those who harass and victimize as it seems their rights are protected more fiercely than the rights of those who are traumatized by their actions, the student said. The same morning as Keene High sit-in, Monadnock Regional Middle School and High School students gathered at the edge of their campus in Swansea to protest bullying and what the demonstration's organizer described as inaction by adults in the school. A similar but smaller protest was held at Monadnock the previous Friday. School officials are unable to share how they responded to specific incidents due to student privacy laws, according to Lisa Witt, the superintendent of the Monadnock Regional School District. Quote, From the outside looking in, it may appear that nothing is being done, she said in an interview. But we absolutely respond to everything that is being brought to our attention. 
Throughout this year, Keen High has been navigating a host of behavioral issues, including vandalism, fights, and drug and alcohol use. Administrators facilitated forums where Keen High community members discussed concerns and potential solutions. One week after dozens of students and several parents protested in front of the school. Among other issues, they expressed worry about student safety. At Tuesday's meeting, Chair George Downing said the board is trying to find a way to open communication between students and the board. The KHS students who protested Monday wrote messages on their masks and wrote stories about their experiences at the school, Principal Cindy Gallagher told the Sentinel on Wednesday. Gallagher said she met with two of the sit-ins organizers earlier that day, and they shared some of the stories they had collected Monday anecdotes of student misbehavior, and lack of immediate responses to harassment. The students are interested in a restorative justice approach, finding solutions that prevent people from continuing to offend even after being suspended, Gallagher said. She said she planned to meet with students again on Friday to discuss potential next steps. Gallagher said she admired the students for using their voices and organizing together and believes the group has the momentum that can lead to the changes the school needs. At Tuesday's meeting, Robert Millay, the superintendent of New Hampshire School Administrative Unit 29, shared data about reprimands. Since the beginning of the school year through April 30, there are 155 in-school suspensions, the highest number since 2017-2018, when there are 158. As for out-of-school suspensions, there were 226, the most since school officials started recording such data in 2015. Quote, there's a lot of belief that nothing's being done, but there's strong evidence that there are consequences being handed out to students, Malay said, and it might not be what everybody thinks the consequences should be, or might not look the same way everybody imagined it would have looked, but there is definitely evidence that there are consequences being administered. Malay later added that the data from public student and staff forums held in late March have been passed on to the high school's building leadership committee. That committee is responsible for determining which analyses are relevant to different areas of the school, and people working in those areas will use the data to develop action plans for improvements. If you want to check out back episodes of People Are Revolting, just go to peoplearerevolting.com. You can also follow on Twitter at People Revolting. Keep revolting, and thanks for listening. A sign that humanity's still got it going on. The people are revolting. I think you just nailed it. <laughs>